Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, what a great day. What a great celebration on so many fronts that we're having this weekend. Uh, it is just an awesome time that we're having together and one that we'll remember forever. Um, I want to welcome those also that are joining in, watching us online, and I want to welcome you as we celebrate so many things. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Luke chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 37, but um, again, I want to continue to celebrate all the great things that God's doing uh, this weekend. We kicked it all off on Saturday morning uh, with our big serve day. And so we filled up this sanctuary uh, with red shirts and we went out into our community and we saw so many things happen. We went to the city, we said, give us the code violations where people have trees or uh, they need gravel in their driveways or they have certain problems. And so our dream is to continue to go to our city and say, give us your problems because the church is here to help. Because the local church is the hope for the world, right? And so we're continuing to ask them. And so we went into our community, and I'm thankful to all the guys and gals that served on all these different project teams to go out and help with these code violations. We had a, a big project with a single mom where donated, totally fixed up, beyond what you could imagine, a team of people. My wife was emotional about literally changed a single mom and her two son's life, $50,000. I mean, let me just tell you, even an organization or a contractor to do something that they did in one week is fascinating and amazing. It shows me the power of the local church because we don't have a whole bunch of protocols and red tape and architects. God bless you if you're an architect. You don't got to run it through you. It'll take two weeks for me to email you back. We just kind of show up in there. What's up? What you got? All right, hey, boom, boom. Power of the local church under the banner of Jesus Christ. Amazing, all the great things that happened. Yeah, exciting, exciting. Um, so many ways, serving, Bear Creek, it's just, it's just amazing. And so here's what I began to pray about, and our team began to share this vision, and that is as our, as our community, as our city, as people all over, I'm getting texts from friends and pastors who are watching what God's doing here. We want to send a clear message. It's about Jesus, but his people are moving out. We're moving out before we're moving in because we want to be that type of people that continue to move out. So thank you for being willing to move out and show people the love of God and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, my wife and I, this week, we were having lunch. We have a date lunch every week. And we were sitting there reflecting, you know, just on all God's done. She's like, how you doing? I said, well, I'm, I feel like I've been tickled for two hours. <laughs> Y'all know when somebody's tickling you, it's funny for a little while. Then it's like, it hurts, man, quit. I can't take it anymore. And uh, I don't know, last weekend I cried like 11 times in the service. That's a lot for me, you know, uh, even me who cries. But it's like, man, I mean, it's just like kind of sensory overload the stories, the people, the lives, the memories, um, it's in a good way. I feel like I've been tickled for two hours, really, okay? And, uh, but Brandy and I were reflecting back. Um, so you saw the story of Milestone Church 14 and a half years ago. 
we were reflecting back to even way back before that to a 21-year-old Baylor student. By the way, if you go to TCU, we're already filling this building up or A&M for sure. We don't allow, I mean, it's just you, church can't handle. No, there were people trying to write Giga Maggie's on the foundation. I kicked them out of the church before they did. But, in, you know, Jerusalem on the Brazos, back to the point where God's presence dwells. I was a senior in college, and I, and I took over for a pastor who left to get a master's degree in history, and I was a senior pastor. I didn't say I was a good one, but I was a senior pastor. And, 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 and those of you that are young, you may not know this, but um, the first church I pastored building-wise was a little old church, and they had what beside it where the pastor lived was called the parsonage. How many of y'all ever seen a parsonage? The pastor lives right there beside, had the little white church. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors. There's, there's no people, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and so I, my phone was the church phone. And so, I mean, I'm preaching. We're up there at 21, you know, just, just going at it. It's going to be about Jesus in about an hour. But anyway, not today. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just going at it. The phone rings. Bring! My wife gets up off the front row, goes over there. Hello. Answers the phone, you know. And, and it, was, it was Blockbuster saying I had late videos. <laughs> I think I was preaching on integrity or something. But anyway, <laughs> come on. So, so, so we're not in the little white building and we're not in the parsonage and Blockbuster it doesn't exist. Hello, Netflix. But anyway, all that's a time past. Uh, but we were just talking this week about how we, we started out doing this because we love Jesus and we love people. And um, it's just a little bit different environment, but really the, the same passion and the in the same heart. And so we've got so many cool things, our serve day, and then we have our move in right now that we're moving in, our big first weekend. But it's also very interesting that this is Palm Sunday. So I'd like you for just a minute for us to talk about Palm Sunday and talk about this, this big moment in human history and how that applies to our life for just a second, because that's very important for us to remember. Because you see, you come in, and, and, and as the city officials were telling us, we're like, we see red shirts everywhere. You know, there's something happening in our city. Or some of y'all that are new, you're coming in, you're looking around, and your kids are running to those tubes, and you're trying to find your seed, and it's just like, wow, what's going on? Um, that, that is similar, but different. Different time period, different culture. There, there was a real buzz on Palm Sunday. Real buzz. Why? Because... Jesus is entering into the final days of his life, the Passion Week. You're going to hear about it this week. You're going to hear about Jesus, and you're going to see it. Did you know the word church will be searched this week more than any other time throughout the year? People are like, I, I think there's something going on in culture that I need to find out about. And of course, we're a part of something unique, our little, little place on the planet where we're experiencing something unique, but we've got to remember what was happening with Jesus. He's going in again to, to this week, the Easter week. So it's Easter week. I'm excited about Easter. It's like Super Bowl for pastors. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's like all the people come, you know, you get to see all these cool things happen. We get to, to have, uh, I get to eat the ears off of a chocolate bunny. Bite the mirrors right off. It's going to happen. Uh, going to have that big Easter cake that my mother-in-law makes for me. We're going to eat the Easter ham. Um, I'm feeling power right now. But anyway, we're going to do all that. We're not going to eat peeps. If you're new to the church, look, 
peeps, man, I don't know. This stuff's made out of like, I don't know. It's, it's toxic substance that's in those things, all right? That stuff could stick in your digestive tract, you know, for, forever. I mean, don't, we don't believe in peeps. I hear there's Oreo peeps now, but I, anyway, I don't know. There's going to be peeps and Cadbury eggs and Easter ham and all of these cool things that surround Easter, but I think it's important that we really see what, what was really happening. And it's really about Jesus wanting to enter our lives in a powerful way. That, that's what we, we see happening here, this, this start of the Easter week. Again, a lot of buzz. Scholars believe there was, there was close to a million people uh, there in Jerusalem at this time. Jesus sends his disciples, this is important to get because if you don't know a lot about Jesus, you'll get a little window into him. Jesus sends his disciples and says, go get me a donkey, a colt, go, go get me this, this lowly animal. And so they go and they tell the people, look, the, the, the Lord has need of it. They bring it back. And so if you count, you, you just get the scene here, millions of people, Jesus Christ, the king of the universe, God and man, rides into this buzzing atmosphere with a million people. He rides in on a donkey. Now, now there's a functional reason they, they couldn't have seen him. They, they wouldn't have been able to see him because functionally it's a crowd. You know, he had to get through the crowd. It's like Brandy and I had opening day of the Rangers this week. We were at this, just a crowd. I mean, I got there 30 minutes early and still didn't see the first pitch because it was just a mass of people and People tailgating and all kinds of crazy stuff. I seen that guy ride that bike by. And he's, you just sit in it, and he'll ride you up there. Brandy said, "No, you need the steps." But anyway, <laughs> you ever been in just a big crowd? Jesus is working his way through the crowd on this donkey. Functional, but also very prophetic, very spiritual, very God's talking to us through Jesus in a powerful way. Zechariah nine says that he would come in this way, so he's fulfilling prophecy. But he's also saying something. Most rulers, most leaders, most important individuals would come in on a war horse. There'd be pomp and circumstance. There would be this big kind of, look, I'm here to talk to you. Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm coming here as one of you. I'm coming in here humble. I'm coming in here with you, to be with you. So he rides in on this donkey, very much a picture and a statement that he's making. Who's, who's in the crowd, though? Let's, think, let's put ourselves in the scene. You want to learn, some of you like, I don't get much from the Bible. Put yourself in it. Think about the scene. Millions of people, Jesus coming in humbly. Who's in that crowd? Same kind of people probably in the crowd today listening to me on Palm Sunday. People that are hurting. These were real people. They were in some more challenging cultural situations. They were dealing probably with some sicknesses with no medical cures. They were dealing with poverty. They were dealing with problems. They were dealing with child issues. They were dealing with hurts. They were dealing with pains. There was probably some skeptics, some people going, you know, I don't know. I hear about this Jesus. Is he for real? Was this, is this all real? Met a guy at the last service standing in the foyer, came up to me, he said, I got hurt in church. I haven't been to church in eight years. I was very anxious when I came today. I said, well, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. So, 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 so that same guy who had had religious hurts, he was in that crowd. He was going, what about this Jesus? There were religious leaders. 
There were people that were cynical. There were people that thought they were good enough spiritually. Look, there was all kinds. So if you, if you, if you think, look, I'm kind of outside of all this, no, no, you're probably in the crowd, and, and let's see what actually happens. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples, so there were some disciples in the crowd as well. There were some that had walked with him and talked with him. They don't understand fully what he's about to do. They really don't. He's trying to talk to them about it. They don't get it. But I want to tell you, one thing they do know is he is real. And he has power. And so this crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They began to praise him. Now religious people go, what is all this emotion about? Why are you waving these palm branches? Why are you making a big deal out of this Jesus? What's the big deal about all of this? I know there's some of you new too. You've come in this church. You're like, this is a little bit emotional for me. Look, I grew up in a church where you didn't raise your hand unless you had a question. You know what I'm saying? And they weren't going to answer it because it wasn't part of the program. But I, I, I know. My wife brought me to a church like this where it's like, you know, the earth will shake and tremble before. Hey, hey. I'm standing there going, these people need counseling. Now, I'm not talking about the expression, but I do want you to see this in the Bible. They're waving branches. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus says to the religious people, I don't have a problem with it. In fact, if they don't do it, the rocks will cry out. The rocks will cry out because he's so worthy of that kind of praise. Now, with all that cool scene going on, I love how God, by his spirit, through his word, gives us insight into Jesus. I don't know if you've ever had this thought. I have, Jesus, what's on your heart? What are you thinking about? What are you really wondering? So, so I love when the Bible gives us that little window into the Jesus that we worship. It says, as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. There's another place where his friend died and the Bible says, Jesus wept. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that we don't worship a statue, a theory, a figment of our imagination, a religious person who had flaws and failures and circumstances in their life, but yet tells us to adhere to some kind of thing so that we can be as spiritual as them. We serve Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is all perfect, completely God, completely man, but I am so glad the Bible records his emotion. The emotion he has, and he looks over the city and he weeps over it. Why is he weeping? Look what it says. If you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. 20 plus years of ministry, number one thing I hear people say, I just need some peace. If I could just get peace for my soul. Jesus is weeping because he says, I have peace, but it's hidden from your eyes. You're missing it. Did you know there were people in this city crying out for the Messiah and he was on a donkey headed their way? He was right there. There were people asking for healings and asking for miracles, and there's a miracle-working God in their midst. So Jesus is right there. He's right there, and they're missing it. Why is he weeping? I have so much for you. I have so much to offer. I, have, I love you. I have something, but you're missing it. It's hidden from you. So you so, say, so, so how do you also get something out of the Bible? Well, you put yourself in it, you understand what's being said in that original place, but then here's another way to get from the Bible. I'll often say that's a good story, 
But we didn't live on the first Palm Sunday, we live on this Palm Sunday. Another way to get something from the Bible is to now go, God, what are you trying to say to me? So I'd like to give you just a few windows into what I think God's saying to all of us, me included today. Because I believe God, I really do believe this. You may think this is preacher talk. I believe God prepared this moment right here before the foundation of the earth. I believe God knew that we here in our little moment on the planet in our generation would be having our last service last weekend, a serve day on Saturday, having Palm Sunday together and opening our building together and celebrating all the faithfulness of God. I believe God knew that. And I believe just like God knew that and Jesus was entering that city, I think right now all of us are in a crowd going, and here's, here's my prayer for you, the same prayer of Jesus don't miss what he wants to say to you. Don't miss it. Don't miss it in the moment because he has peace. He has some things for you that he wants to give you. So here's three things I think he wants to say to us. Number one, Jesus wants to be with you. He rode that lowly donkey to come into that place with all this buzz going on and all kinds of things happening. Why? Because he wants to be with you. He wants to show up in your everyday life. Again, every religion, come to me. Go to Mecca. Go to this place. Go to this pilgrimage. Go to this site. Adhere to these tenets. Do these things. If you'll do this, if you'll complete that, if you'll meet these standards, then you'll be spiritual enough to experience whatever that religion has to offer. The message of Jesus is totally opposite from that. Jesus says, you could never get to me so I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm coming into your world, right in your situation. Again, I find a lot of times there's obstacles that we have are based on our perspective, our, our, our perspective of him. Why is he trying to come to us? What will he bring to us? We have all these perspectives. One that's so pervasive in our community. Let me, let me talk about one of those. One that's, that's here is a lot of times we can think, I'm doing pretty good. Why do I need Jesus to enter my life at that level? You know, I'm not a bad person. I'm pretty good as compared to him. By the way, that's why you need a good heathen friend. Because you just be like, look, I'm good, especially compared to that numbskull right there. That brother's a loser, man. He's going to hell. Straight to hell. Do not pass go. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. But see, the comparison's not to them, the comparison is to the perfection of Jesus. Sometimes the hardest people to say, I want Jesus to be with me and bring that peace is when you're pretty okay. I think about one of my favorite stories. In our old building, over a two-year period, our kids started, we started carpooling our children together, the Hatchers. By the way, all this is possible, this mission serve day, because of Dr. Stacy Hatcher, our missions director, and her team that make all of that possible. But we started carpooling kids, and I'll never forget, I just got a supernatural burden for her husband, Alex. And so just began to pray, and he texted me last week and said, I remember when I put my milestone in the ground. Um, here was the problem with Alex. Alex is really smart. He's an ER doctor at Baylor Grapevine. And you know what? He's one of the best unsaved guys I've ever met just a good guy, just a good dad, just a good husband, pretty good. 
And so we began to talk and we began to unpack and I began to share with him. By the way, he'd sat in a lot of services, heard a lot of messages, heard a lot about Jesus, been attending church for years. But he, one thing I appreciate about him was his honesty. He wasn't going to fake it. He said, look, until I'm fully ready, he's like, you know what, I don't know. So we began to talk. And he had the intellectual questions, you know, what about the dinosaurs and what about all this and all the stuff med school put in him, you know what I'm saying? So he had all this intellectual barriers. And we worked through a lot of that and talked through some of it. And we didn't get it all figured out. But I found out it wasn't about his intellectual barriers. It was even some of his emotional barriers and some of the things God was doing in him. I'm talking about feeling like you're pretty good enough. Why do I need that Jesus? I will never forget as long as I live when there was a tornado, tornadic activity, trees snapped me, just a crazy violent night where we were in his utility room huddled around the kitty litter. It's amazing he could even make it to heaven since he has a cat. He could burn with the cats. But in that, in that place that night with all that, it's almost as if the, the, the enemy was upset right there in that place. He, he gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. And, and the power of it is he understood something. I may be a pretty good guy, but I can't spend eternity with God unless I receive Jesus' perfection. It's like this. I, I did a sprint triathlon a few years ago. I started doing some running, did a half marathon, not that good, but I'm just trying to stay moving, if you all know what I'm saying. And then some of the guys in the church said, you need to do a sprint triathlon. I'm like, what does that include? They're like, well, you got to swim. I'm like, well, I swim okay. Then they're like, you got a bike. I'm like, what, huffy bike? What kind of bike? They're like, no, you got to get one of these like professional bikes. And then they got me that outfit. <laughs> My kids are like, you're going out in the community like that, dad? I'm like, what's up? Hey. <laughs> No, it wasn't that good. It really wasn't. But I, I did the sprint triathlon on St. Patrick's Day, freezing cold, 27 degrees, mild wind blowing anyway. Went down there, you know, if you stand at the pool in the natatorium community there, you know, your swimming trunk. I mean, it's just a wild deal. And then rode the bike, and I, and I finished. I didn't finish very near the top, but I finished. And I was so proud of my medal and my finisher shirt. And so I got my finisher shirt, kind of laid it out, I was kind of admiring it, thinking I'm going to sport that around town. Woke up the next morning, my son was sitting on the couch wearing my finisher shirt. I'm like, brother, he, he was fine with it. Y'all, anybody got teenagers in their closet? Come on, can anybody know what I'm talking They just show up in there, just peruse, just what y'all got for me today. Hey, get out. My son was wearing that shirt. You know what I thought about, seriously, later? I was thinking about it, how natural it is uh, to, to, to receive from a father and think about that. But here's, here's what happened. Jesus ran a race that we couldn't, we, we couldn't run it. We couldn't run that race. We couldn't finish that. We could not live a sinless life. And he finishes it, hangs on the cross, pays for the sin of you and I, says, it is finished. Here's the message of Jesus. You may not know about Jesus. Not do more, try to complete it, get spiritually better, get more willpower. Jesus' message is, look, literally, he, he ran a triathlon that's impossible. It'd be like doing it around the world five times or to the moon, like something out of, out of the box. A sinless life pays the price. And he goes, here's my finisher's medal. Here's my finisher's shirt. 
you're going to hit a place in life where you know, I can't spiritually finish this race. But the good news of Jesus is, he said, I finished it for you. I finished it for you. Yeah, that's a great place to clap. It's, it's such good news. Here's some, here's some really good news. Jesus wants to be with you. Did you know not everybody thinks they're okay? Some think I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'll never forget the guy at our old building who sat in the parking lot for three weeks and watched the people walk in and said, I'm not as spiritual as those people. And until one of our team members went out to ask him to come in, the view in his mind is, I don't belong there because I'm not good enough to go there. Well, the fact is none of us belong and none of us are good enough to go there but Jesus wants to give us his finisher shirt. Here's number two. Jesus meets us in our pain. He not only wants to be with us, he knows how to get down into the things that make us anxious, keep us up at night, things we worry about, things we're concerned about. Jesus knows how to come down into our pain. He knows how to bring peace into painful circumstances like nothing else. Not just covering it up, not just acting like I'm okay. Jesus knows how to come down into those painful circumstances. We want to have a child and we can't. I've got a marriage situation that is hurtful every single day. I've got a child that's off course. I've got a physical issue. I've got an ailment. I've got a job situation that's frustrating to me. And again, Jesus comes in and he changes our lives, but what makes us love him so much is he is the great physician. He is the great healer. He knows how to handle those challenging circumstances and situations. And I'm going to tell you, for some of you that are new here, we talk about this a lot. We don't believe when you come to Jesus that at that point you have no problems, everything's fine, and you need to put on a plastic veneer. We believe you have real issues, and here's the good news about it. Jesus knows how to come into those issues, but something else you're going to find, and I want to say this to all of you, Palm Sunday is a message of this, that hype, this is not hype, hype doesn't heal pain. Rah-rah doesn't heal pain. Rah-rah-rah-rah-rah. If you think, oh, this is cool and images, man, a God looks powerful up there, you know. No, it's not about all that. It's not about all that. It's not just, I mean, I don't know about you, but when that, that screen, you know, came down with Jesus, I mean, his name is powerful, but something about this, the way it came down, I felt spiritual. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's just like, whoa, the earth will shake. What is all this? Well, look, we're excited. We're celebrating an awesome God, but it's not hype because hype doesn't heal. Jesus does, though. Jesus will be with you on Monday. Jesus will be with you on Tuesday. Jesus will be with you even outside of these walls. A young girl that one of our worship team ministers, our our team leaders, is ministering to. Painful circumstance, one after the other. She said to me in our our worship team meeting this week, she said, we went into her world. We went to her house. We began to minister to her. Painful, painful circumstances. She says, and so she finally came to church for a couple weeks. She said, why is it that I just want to stay here? Why do I just want to be here? Why? Because it's the one place in her world where there's enough order and presence of God where she experiences the peace in that pain. That's what's happening. The last thing I did at 801 Keller Parkway, I'll take this with me forever and ever. 
What's the last thing you did? Number one, I had a powerful set of services and, uh, and cried all the way through them. Uh, it was awesome celebrating with you. Um, it, was, it was so emotional. And then I went to do our 101 class. I couldn't do it all because we had a leaders meeting. So I was going to do our 101 class, rode to church with my family. I was going to do a little bit of the 101 class, meet some of the people. And, uh, and, and then I was going to go home and rest a little bit before our, our leaders meeting. And, and when, I, when, I, when I got ready to go home, I realized that I rode with my family and, and they left me. <laughs> I had no ride. And, uh, and so I just kind of wandered back out over there and wanted to peek in on the 101 class. This really happened. This is not hype. A grown man, he may be in the service or watching or something, but he came right out of 101 and just ran into me. And when I looked in his eyes, I saw pain. And I know why when he started sharing with me the loss of a daughter, the loss of this, these things. I mean, I was just, and he ended up just falling right here on my coat. Literally falling and just weeping and crying. I'm so glad that the last thing I did was not preach some powerful word, but hold a grown man as he cried it out right there in my arms. Last minute. Now, by the way, this is not about, this is not about me. This is not, oh, Pastor Jeff is sensitive. I, I love people. I do. I love them deeply. But it's about this. Why do I love people? It's not a personality trait. I love people because I love a Jesus who loves people deeply. He was weeping over those, that city. Why? Because he could feel their pain. Here's the final one. Jesus will bring you out of isolation. That group of people, those disciples, they were worshiping him there. Then he goes and gets crucified. Then he raises from the dead. Then they start scattering a little bit. There's a whole lot of persecution going on. Somehow, some way, God keeps drawing them back together and some go off track and he keeps pulling them back together. And they find themselves huddled together in an upper room in unity and Jesus said, better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he pours out his spirit upon them. And this ordinary, uneducated group of people were empowered by God's spirit. You're like, what is this? It's what started happening at Palm Sunday, at the crucifixion, the resurrection. But when the church was birthed after Jesus goes into glory, that's what they did. They were authentic. They loved each other. They served each other if they had need. And so can I encourage you with something I get concerned about in our culture? Please don't just get enamored with the new facility. Here at Milestone, we believe this. It's great to have weekend services to receive encouragement. But, but I want to tell you, there's a step relationally when you start getting connected to people like that early church did where you begin to be brought into everything that God has for you. And Jesus wants to be with you. And Jesus can heal your pain, but Jesus also takes you and places you in a set of relationships that can help you walk in everything that God has for you. And it'll help you when you're in crisis, when you're in painful situations. I'll read this last thing and then I want to pray for you. Josh and Ashley Christian in our church, we shared this story publicly. She helped us write it. But they went home and there was a fire. Fire. They, they, the kids, everybody, there's just a fire, soot everywhere, home in shambles, all kinds of challenges. Primarily, the biggest thing was this kitchen fire spread this soot and the smoke smell all over their house. And I love what she begins to share in here. She says, our spiritual family showed up immediately, right away. It's hard to comprehend the sacrificial way that they cared for us. She lists like 13 names of people 
that showed up and one girl, Stephanie, a part of our church for a while. She got in the ashes with her when she's cleaning up her, her pictures. She gets down there with her in the ashes, in the situation. Can I ask you this question? You may have been attending church. You may have never been to church. Who's going to get in the ashes with you? Who's going to get down there and get in the dirty mess of your life and your pain and your crisis? Jesus wants to, but a lot of times the way he distributes that to us is through these divine relationships. She, she goes on to say it's like living the Acts 2 church. She says it's been extravagant. It's been hard to calculate how God has used our spiritual family. And I want to quote her right here. Her last thing she says is, my heart breaks for a world that walks through crisis alone. Unconnected and desperate, she says this after experiencing spiritual family, that broken world needs what we have. That's what she says. So I want to encourage you with that, that Jesus wants to pull you out of your isolation to prepare you for life's challenges and also to get you to where he's called you to go. I'm asking you to bow your heads with me. There's some people here or maybe watching online and you say, you know what, I'm not right with Jesus. And I'm, I'm totally amazed at how God can take a simple message and you can pray with me and mean it more than the words, more than the words and how he transforms the lives of people all the time. So this may be your moment, and so I want to make sure I take the time to tell you about how powerful this moment can be. If you say, I'm not right with you, Jesus, I'm separate from you, Jesus. It's not about just the preacher words or my prayer. It's about you just saying, here I am. I come like I am. I surrender myself to you. I believe you did die. I believe you did raise from the dead, Jesus. But, but I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to be a new person. The Bible says if you pray that and mean those words and you're willing to open yourself up to him, not you might be or could be, you shall be saved. And he comes to change you forever and ever. You say, Pastor, I just prayed that prayer with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come forward. But if you prayed that prayer then I want to know who I prayed with. Would you just slip your hand up if you say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. Just slip it up right there. Thank you. Anyone else? Just slip it up. The ushers are passing a card. Keep it up till you get the card. Just lift your hand there. They're passing a card down the aisle. I'm not going to make We're going to do it discreetly, getting it to you. Anyone else? Just when you get it, just put your hand up. But until you get it, get the card. Here's what the card is. It's a gift from me to you to help you get started in your walk with God. It's a free Bible, and we're going to have a place out in the commons area for you to go, and you can go and receive that Bible. We have some team members there. They'd love to get to know you. Anyone else? Anyone else say, hey, Pastor, I prayed that. Thank you right there in the back. I see your hand, ma'am. Most important decision that you'll ever make. I see you right there. Anyone else? Anyone else? One more right there in the balcony. See this hand right here? Right there. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for moving in the lives of people. Lord, I pray everyone that just prayed that prayer would then now take steps to follow you with their whole life. Lord, I pray for a second group. I pray for people in pain. I pray, pray for people in circumstances, challenges. I pray for isolated people. I pray for new people that have just shown up here today that they would feel your love, feel your warmth. 
Lord, you'd place us together in family so we can continue to walk out who you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 